0: And welcome to the June 17 episode of Investing Beyond Borders, a podcast from Miranda Law Firm that brings you regular insight on investment opportunities and legal and regulatory updates from throughout the Miranda Alliance world. This week, we bring you news on foreign direct investment in Africa, oil and gas upstream and midstream projects in Angola, tourism developments in Cape Verde, the power sector in Cameroon and Portugal, the Greater Sunrise Field in the Timor Sea, and other major developments in our jurisdictions sit back, relax, and enjoy investing beyond borders. Diana, over to you.
1: We start this week's episode with news that foreign direct investment to African countries reached a record eighty three billion US dollars in twenty twenty one, more than double the amount reported in twenty twenty when the COVID nineteen pandemic had a significant negative impact on investment flows into the continent. Despite the overall positive FDI trend on the continent, Greenfield announcements remain low at thirty nine billion dollars, which consists of a humble recovery from the thirty two billion recorded in 2020 but below the 77 billion registered in 2019. Meanwhile, the number of international projects in renewables in Africa climbed to 71 billion, nearly double the 36 recorded in 2011. The European Union continues to move ahead with plans to enhance Africa-EU gas supply chains. Following the Russia-Ukraine crisis, the EU has identified Africa as an ideal supplier and has signed a series of deals with African governments and national oil companies. Despite supporting the European Commission's plan to embark on increased cooperation with African countries, the African Energy Chamber strongly advocates for Africa to prioritize addressing its own energy demands first and calls for increased cooperation between Europe and Africa and developing an African gas market, scaling up Africa-directed investment across the entire gas value chain. In Angola, the tax incentives set forth by the new Fiscal Benefits Code, such as the Industrial Tax Relief, are expected to speed up investment in the country. It is estimated that with the recent changes, 79% of all private investment in the country will receive incentives provided by the Code in investments expected to total 4.3 billion US dollars. The National Oil, Gas and Biofuels Agency in Angola predicts investments of 66 billion U.S. dollars in the petroleum sector in the next five years, which represents an increase of about 40 percent compared to the last five years. This projection includes the extension of the production licenses already signed between the agency and the operators, namely in Blocks 15, 17, 18 and Block 0. Despite this increase, the agency continues to look to make the sector more attractive to investors. To do so, it is conducting a study of the competitiveness of the Angolan oil sector in comparison to other countries to identify the competitive indicators that need improving. The study is set to focus on tax matters and the shortening of time between the beginning of the bidding process, the award, and the signing of the petroleum contracts. Representatives of Angola's national oil company Sonangol and the Zambian firm BBRL met recently to analyze the new terms of reference for the relaunch of the ESAO project between the two countries. The project, estimated at 5 billion US dollars, includes a pipeline for petroleum products from Angola to the Zambian market. Angola is looking to benefit from the privileged geographical condition of Zambia, which borders eight countries, to which Sonangol hopes to bring its refined products. Speaking at the Brazil-Angola Economic Partnership Financing Solutions Seminar in Luanda, Brazilian diplomats have expressed Brazil's wish to relaunch its strategic partnership with Angola, focusing on a robust investment portfolio estimated at around US$1.7 billion, in areas ranging from energy to agro-industry, including pharmaceuticals, construction and tourism. The two countries should then create other stimuli for the participation of national and foreign private actors in their economies, and prioritize the recovery of trade and the resumption of high-level investments from Brazil and Angola, and vice versa. Cape Verde, the Ella Link International Submarine Cable in Praia, went live on the 6th of June. With a capacity of 12.6 terabytes of data per second, the Ella Link will not only secure the communication system in Cape Verde, but also promote digital business in the archipelago, positioning it as a relevant technological hub in Africa and the Mid-Atlantic. The project, which aims to export internet to other African countries, is a partnership between Cape Verde Telecoms and Ella Link, and received the support of the European Investment Bank and the government of Cape Verde, totaling a 3 million US dollar investment. Meanwhile, the island of Mayu created a special economic zone to promote tourism, with tax benefits and other incentives for developers who establish themselves there. Among other tax benefits, such as the exemption from property tax, companies and residents will enjoy an exemption from certain consumption taxes. These incentives should benefit the Little Africa Mayu project, the largest tourist development in Cape Verde, valued at 500 million euros, and expected to generate 4,000 jobs. the project's first phase is to be built in Mayo in the next three years by the International Holding Cape Verde Group. The World Bank will grant 30 million US dollars to finance the resilient development of Cape Verde's tourism and blue economy. The project aims to contribute to critical goals, including the sustainable improvement of the diversity of tourism sector offerings on more islands and market segments, as well as enabling greater participation of local communities in the economic dividends that come from tourism. In Cameroon, the country's main electricity company, NAO, has identified an industrial demand for 380 megawatts of electricity between 2022 and 2024 in five key sectors – metallurgy, food processing, cement, real estate and services. While the Nattinggal hydropower project and the development of solar and thermal projects in the north are great indicators of the ability to produce energy, there is a major challenge in responding to this demand. According to NAO, the difficulty lies in developing consistent infrastructure of the electricity transmission network, an issue already in discussion with the government and the transmission system operator, Sanatrel. Meanwhile, the World Bank has begun the process of public consultations to adopt a new country partnership framework with Mozambique for the period of 2023 to 2027, after which it may grant Mozambique 4 billion US dollars for development projects. These projects will aim to reduce poverty and create jobs and are to be implemented in priority sectors, notably in the health, education and women empowerment sectors. The World Bank has also stated that there is room to increase this amount depending on the resources that can be made available by the International Development Association. The Mozambican government has announced that the Swedish government will cooperate with Mozambique on renewable energies, including accessing financing through climate funds and strengthening institutional capacity. This new area of cooperation follows the ongoing collaboration between Mozambique and Sweden on environmental matters related to forests, conservation and climate change. Spanish electricity company Endesa, which has ongoing investments of 800 million euros in Portugal, is looking to invest in an estimated additional 2 billion euro portfolio in renewable energy projects in the country. The new projects, all onshore, include 2,400 megawatts of solar power and 600 megawatts of wind power, in a total of 3,000 megawatts. Portugal and the UK have signed a joint statement on bilateral cooperation in the areas of defense, research, investment, trade, all the way to technologies, digital transition, and renewable energies. This cooperation includes a bilateral defense agreement focused on national security and sharing information on immigration, arms, ammunition, and explosives, as well as a collaboration in specialized areas of serious and organized crime, such as drug trafficking, terrorism, and cybercrime. Regarding trade and commercial relations, the two governments want to share information on trade and investment flows at the bilateral level, as well as on existing barriers. The Democratic Republic of the Congo and the World Bank have signed two funding conventions of 900 million US dollars for development projects in eastern Congo. The projects focus on boosting female entrepreneurship, as well as improving access to electricity and water, thus protecting the poorest households against socioeconomic hazards. Over in Timor-Leste, Australian company Woodside has stated its commitment to advancing the development of the Greater Sunrise Fields in the Greater Sunrise Special Regime Area in the Timor Sea, which requires the negotiation of a new production-sharing agreement and tax and regulatory provisions. Negotiations between the two governments and the Sunrise Joint Venture on the new production-sharing agreement began in November 2018 and are ongoing, with two trilateral meetings already held this year. The Greater Sunrise Project is the largest investment ever made by the Timorese government, which has already used $650 million from the Petroleum Fund to buy a majority stake in the consortium that will carry out the upstream component of the project. After the purchase on which Miranda was the lead advisor to the government, the national oil company Timor Gap has a majority stake of 56.6% in the project consortium, which also includes Operator Woodside and Osaka Gas. Timor Gap's initial estimates anticipated that the project would have capital costs of up to 12 billion US dollars, and an optimistic forecast based on a price per barrel of around 60 US dollars was for a financial return that could reach 28 billion US
0: dollars. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Investing Beyond Borders. We will be back with you in two weeks time with more developments in the Miranda Alliance world. Please join us then for more news from the 19 Miranda Alliance jurisdictions. If you have time, also drop by our website or LinkedIn page where you will find more updates on our activity and legal developments of interest to our clients and followers. This podcast was brought to you by Miranda Law Firm and Miranda Alliance. You can find out more about our worldwide activities and assistance to investors at www. This episode was presented by Diana Teodoro from our Lisbon office and Luis Miranda from the Houston office. Content was developed exclusively for Miranda by the Miranda Alliance podcast team. Technical support is provided by Hugo Ribeiro from our communications department. All content is subject to copyright and protected by law.